Welcome to the Happy, Healthy, Strong podcast. Our goal is to equip you with the knowledge and tools you need to make lasting changes in your health. Society has trained us to think that Western medicine is the answer to long-term health, but this approach only treats symptoms and never addresses the root cause. Without a new approach, our community will experience unnecessary sickness and suffering. We teach the functional health model to educate and empower listeners on their journey to a happier, healthier, and stronger life. My name is Paige, and I'm a certified holistic health coach. I'm joined by my co-host, Dr. Alex Arguello, doctor of chiropractic and functional health practitioner. Join us as we unpack some of the most pressing health challenges facing our community today. Welcome back to the Happy Healthy Strong podcast. We are continuing on with our series called You've Been Lied To. And today we wanted to talk about the lie that you need milk to be healthy. Yeah, which is something that I think is still talked about a lot. I mean, it used to be a huge thing. Got milk. Got milk. (laughs) Right, right. So yeah, the lie is milk or, I mean, you can even say dairy mm-hmm. is, is necessary for your, for good health. Yep. Um, that's kind of the, the statement that we're, that we're going to be evaluating today. So I think that the first thing to, to talk about is, is defining what we mean when we say uh, a few different words in, in that statement. First, what is meant by good health? Um, to keep it simple, I think good health here is proper nourishment. Um, specifically not being deficient in nutrients. Um, but to get a little bit more specific, when people talk about dairy or talk about milk, they're, they're typically talking about bone health. They want their bones to be healthy. Right. Um, strong, build strong bones. Build strong <laughs> bones, right. So that's kind of the focus. So when we say good health, that's those are the two things. Is, are you are you're deficient in nutrients as well as, I mean, when we're talking about bone health. So we'll get back to that. Um, secondly, what does necessary mean? Necessary here would mean that there's no other way of getting it um, in your diet. Um, so the nutrients that are found in dairy, nutrients that are found in milk, specifically calcium, which is a huge one that people think yeah. you're, so you have to get from milk. Um, so is it necessary to have, um, dairy products or milk if you're going to get those, um, nutrients? And then third, what do we mean by milk? Um, milk here in this statement, what we'd be talking about is the conventional, um, conventional dairy. Right. So the, the stuff that's promoted by the dairy industry. Um, if you are somebody who grew up in the 1980s or even through the 2000s, you probably remember, like you just mentioned, the whole Got Milk um, campaign on commercials. You would see all these celebrities with milk mustaches. Yep. It was a huge promotion. Um, so we're talking about that milk, which has been pasteurized, homogenized, and chemicalized, you could say. Yeah. Um, so there's using cows that have been vaccinated. So there's chemicals from that. Using cows that have been given hormones, chemicals there. Um, and then obviously chemically sprayed grain that they're eating. Um, so lots of chemicals found in that milk. And then maybe has even had the pat, the fat pulled from it. Um, this is where you would get to the skim milk and 1% and all that stuff instead mm-hmm. of um, full fat or whole milk. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what we're, what we're talking about. Does that type of milk, is it necessary for good bone health, basically? Would yeah, be that's the question. That's the question. Yeah. And we would have to say that. That is a lie, if you believe that. Got it. Um, <laughs> yeah, because th- the reason I think it was important to define those things is because there is some truth um, to what they're talking about. Not being deficient in nutrients is necessary. 
um, for your health and even even for bone health. Um, and dairy products, even milk, has many of the nutrients um, that are necessary for good health, um, including calcium. But when you put that full claim together, that's when we would have to call it a lie. Um, a significant lie, I think, that still many people believe. So that's kind of what we wanted to go through is the problems with this claim. So like we typically start with some history here, as early as the 1940s, milk was touted as a guaranteed path to health. Here's a slogan from um, this place is called the Works Progress Administration. Um, it was commissioned by, of course, the federal government um, to promote milk. It says milk of course. <laughs> for health, good teeth, vitality, endurance, and like you said, strong bones. Um, so that was the back in the 1940s. That's what the federal government was promoting. Uh, everybody should drink milk because of those things. And then, you know, although there's been a lot of research um, on this since then, Federal government still uh, promotes this. They promote three servings of dairy every single day. And why do they do that? To get adequate calcium intake. Um, so that's the that's the, the focus there is bone health again. If you want healthy bones, um, you have to you have to ingest dairy products. Now that's understandable. I think the statistic here that I found was fifty percent of American women and twenty five percent of American men over the age of fifty will break a bone due to poor bone health. Yeah, so people are legitimately concerned about this. Absolutely. A lot of people could benefit from knowing how to keep their bones healthy. So um, it it's makes sense that they would want to um, help people in, in this way and want to dive into and figure out what the research says. But the problem is the research isn't great on either side of this discussion. There's research that shows that people who ingest the most amount of dairy have lower incidence of osteoporosis, which would be the the bone um, disease that would, if you have osteoporosis, your chances of fracturing a bone um, are going to increase. But there's also more recent research that shows that people with the highest dairy intake had the highest rates um, of hip fractures and some cancers. So research has hmm. shown in the past that you drink a lot of milk or eat a lot of dairy, you're preventing osteoporosis, which would then potentially lead to fractures. But then some more research Recent research has shown the people that have the highest dairy intake not only actually fracture more hips, specifically was what the research was done on, but they also have um, other significant issues like um, cancers, prostate cancers mm -hmm. um, was one of the bigger ones um, that was measured. So right there, it should tell us that ingesting dairy is not necessary um, for good health. If the research isn't that crystal clear um, on this sort of thing, it's kind of showing both um, both sides of it. But um, what some people do, and this isn't where w I think we would want to be at, is they go extreme with both of those things, right? So they'll only look at the research that shows that there's positives from it, right? You're going to have a lower incidence of osteoporosis. You're going to have healthier bones. So you should absolutely follow um, the, the government's recommendations on, on dairy products and have the three servings a day, even have more than that. And then on the other extreme, this would be like the vegan, yeah. um, you know, a camp or, or even the paleo camp. Mm -hmm. um, they would say, they would only want to look at the research that says, no, you're going to get cancer. Or, you know, now research is even showing that people with, with high dairy intake are having more hip fractures. So those are the, the two kind of a extreme. Only talk about the research that shows whatever you want um, people to believe 
Sounds about right for our culture these days. So plant-based people, they would say, because of what the research says now, you should totally avoid dairy because research points that it's um, extremely unhealthy for you. And then some of the extremists in the in the paleo world would want to point to what they believe in terms of that we used to be fish and then now somehow we became oh, human beings and yeah. we have evolved um, and never ate dairy products throughout our mm. evolutionary history. Um, we sh- we haven't eaten um, dairy or milk products from another animal, basically, is what they would say. Mm-hmm. Um, I think both of those things are extreme. I yeah. think they're both out of line. Sure. Uh, as we've mentioned in previous episodes, people have been eating animal products, meat and milk products for thousands of years and have been far healthier than we are now. Um, and then with the research thing, there's research on both sides. So you can't really just point to the negative research on it and say you shouldn't ever have it because there's also positive research on it that says um, that it can be beneficial. So I think it's pretty clear that it's a lie, that it's necessary. Um, but it's not, we wouldn't want to go extreme like those two, those two camps do and say Mm -hmm. you should never, you should never have it. Mm -hmm. And I think the biggest, um, thing to talk about on it is really that type of dairy that you're, that you're having. Right. Right. If you are having conventional dairy, um, and this doesn't matter if you are an adult or, or a child, there's just a lot about that, um, dairy that's going to have a negative impact on your health that we know. Um, is the case versus just what dairy in and of itself will have on you. So although you might be able to, let's say the positive research shows that it has all the right nutrients to have good healthy bones, specifically calcium, um, that's true. But then when it's processed like conventional dairy is so much, now you, although you might be getting that added benefit of it, you're getting all of these negative, negative aspects of it as well. And the most important thing of that is it's all these things are inflammatory Mm. right so chemicals are going to be inflammatory when you alter the nature of the protein um, with the homogenization is going to be inflammatory pasteurizing it getting rid of all of the good bacteria potentially that what that was in that um, product is can um, indirectly be inflammatory and when you have inflammation although you might be getting um, calcium or these other nutrients in the food that you're eating because your body is inflamed, it's not even absorbing these things properly. So then now you're at a net negative of you might be getting the nutrient, but your body's not able to actually process the nutrient and, mm. and make it um, what your body needs from it because of how inflamed you actually are from these products. Yikes. Yeah. So that would be probably the big thing yeah. that, that makes this the, yeah. the big lie. And I've heard... Um, so many like of the beneficial nutrients and stuff die off or just don't make it through like all the processing of conventional yeah. dairy that that's like they're f- they're having to fortify yep. you know the milk with like all these vitamins and yeah. nutrients because they want to make the claims but none of that stuff lasted through the processing so then they add back in like synthetic forms yep. of these vitamins and yep. it's like well why don't why are we <laughs> Yeah. It just is so, doesn't make yeah, sense. Yeah, so that, that comes from, so when you pasteurize, you're heating um, the product up at a really high heat. And that whole thing is comes from uh, basically germ theory 
of disease. Yes. Go back and listen to our episodes about that. So when you think bacteria and all these pathogens are what kills everybody, which there was one time in our history where that was the number one cause of death, Mm -hmm. right, is communicable diseases. So, but it, it wasn't necessarily like you've heard us talk about before that the bugs were the biggest problem. It was how our, our health and our ability to respond to these bugs. Um, so they thought bugs are bad. We got to kill it with everything before it even gets to our body. So that was the whole pasteurization thing of really trying to kill bad bacteria. But then we understood, wait, there's actually good bacteria and stuff too. And when we pasteurize, we not only kill bad, we kill good as well. But then just that heating up, um, of the, the milk specifically, um, like you said, just denatures a bunch of the nutrients and destroys a bunch of the nutrients um, because these nutrients, vitamins, and minerals can't stand these high heats so that, yeah, basically it becomes somewhat useless. So as they learned that, they started to fortify you know, these milk products back with vitamin A, vitamin D, those type of things. But that also comes from when you take the fat out of it, right? When you're going from whole milk all the way down to a skim milk, you're taking all this fat, you're also losing a bunch of nutrients. So then they try to add these nutrients back in. So it's just, you know, trying to fix a problem that they, that they created with with all of this processing. Right. Um, So yeah, that's when you're talking about just this conventional dairy as opposed to, so what am I, what do I mean by this is one type of dairy? Well, if you were to have a dairy product um, in its, as closest to its natural state as possible, Right, so straight from the udder. Straight from the udder, right? <laughs> so what, what we would refer to as raw milk. So raw would not be pasteurized. It would not be homogenized. Obviously, it wouldn't be um, that they're not. You're not taking out any of the fat or anything from it. Um, and then typically, if you're finding raw milk, you're, they're coming from cows who have been fed what they're supposed to eat, grass mm-hmm. instead of grain. So you're going to miss that chemically sprayed grain. Um, and then they're not. They're not. Um, given a bunch of hormones and they're, they're not, um, antibiotic use isn't there. Mm-hmm. Um, because when this is weird, when cows actually eat what they're supposed to eat, they don't get <laughs> sick. So they don't need antibiotics, don't. but when they eat what they're not supposed to eat, then they need a bunch of antibiotics because they're sick all the time. Sure. And kept in those like not super moving. close quarters yeah. and all of that stuff. Yeah. yeah. So when we're talking about that, so just to simplify everything I just listed out is raw milk. Um, Simplize, simplify. Simplify. <laughs> Did I say simplize? Yeah. Hey, we make up nutrition. <laughs> um, simplified what I just said into raw milk. Um, you are going to get all the nutrients that that they're talking about, right? right? So you, it is a good source of of um, again, if we just keep it at calcium, it's a good source of calcium. But it also is coming with all of those other nutrients and we've talked about nutrient synergy in the past so it's not just calcium right so you can't just extract the calcium and say hey just let's just take the calcium even from like a raw milk Mm -hmm. and use that it's how that calcium works with all of those other nutrients Um, two of them that are very important would be vitamin d and then vitamin k Mm -hmm. um, what they call vitamin k2 it's two different type of vitamin k's those two going to work along with calcium to not only get it in your body to be absorbed, um, but it takes it where it's supposed to go, which would be like your bones and your teeth, um, some, some of your skin. Um, but if you're not, if you're taking calcium by itself, or if all these other nutrients are destroyed, let's say you're, you're um, eating uh, conventional dairy products and vitamin A, and, or vitamin A, vitamin D, vitamin K, those fat-soluble vitamins are not there anymore, but calcium sticks around. Now you're ingesting something that has calcium, but it's not being directed where to go. 
and calcium likes to find its way to your arteries or other soft tissues instead of getting into the bones. Mm. So that's another potential negative um, from ingesting these these products um, when they're kind of been in their altered state right. um, as opposed to just in its most natural state as possible. But yeah. you can look at, you know, lots of societies, um, even blue zone type of societies where a lot of people try to claim blue zone are just plant-based people, but mm. it's not true. They no. have a lot of dairy products, specifically fermented dairy products that they take in. Um, the Maasai Indians is another great example. They basically worship their cows and they, they drink the milk from their cows um, straight from the udder. Um, they like to add a little blood to their, to their milk, um, so they <laughs> no process thanks. it in another way. Um, but why are they doing that? Is they're basically they know the nu- the nutrients that are found in the blood, and they're trying to even make their milk more nutritious. And they specifically give those to childbearing wow. um, women of childbearing ages or men of childbearing ages because they want their them to be hmm. as healthy as possible and most well nourished to be able to procreate. Interesting. So yeah, so there's a lot of um, great examples of societies around the world who aren't as scared of dairy products as the people like the, the paleo world mm-hmm. or the um, the vegan world. So that kind of just shows that, yes, milk can be extremely healthy for you, um, can be a great way of getting nutrition, but is it necessary? No, because there's lots of other ways of getting getting specifically calcium or or these other nutrients. Mm -hmm. So, okay. There's one other thought that I've been having about conventional dairy of just something that I've heard that is just like really sad and makes me want to tell people to stop giving this to your kids. The hormones that the cows are getting, I think there are studies coming out about how that's impacting like kids, especially girls and like pushing forward you know the age of puberty and Mm -hmm. like girls are getting their period earlier and earlier and earlier and there's like this direct link with these hormones that they're getting through the conventional milk yeah i have you heard about that uh i've heard about it um for a while now i haven't ever looked specifically into it uh, of how that process works i know that um hormone balance is is extremely important so any little thing can can throw it off so if you're ingesting a bunch of um like if you were to just take a hormone replacement therapy when you were a child obviously that would be a huge problem right right? yeah um so if it's in the food products that you're eating in high amounts it's going to have a similar effect Mm. um so yeah it definitely makes makes sense that if you're ingesting things with hormones it's going to throw off your hormones yeah yeah Um, so then a question, a lot of people, especially since I'm in the world of toddlers and babies right now, I feel like a lot of people, um, once they wean their baby or young toddler are thinking that they need to replace that milk with drinking, you know, milk from the store. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Do babies need, whether it's raw milk or conventional milk, like do little toddlers need some sort of milk to get their nutritional yep. needs? Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, I had a cough there. Um, I think that the simple answer is no, they do not need um, cow's milk. Um, so, you know, dairy products. Um, I think that, that thinking came from um, basically we in America think that we should just be bigger than everybody else. (laughs) 
So I can't remember the exact stat, but this is a, a guy named, uh, what was his name? Walter Longo, I think. did a, a He wrote a book a couple years ago on basically coming up with his, his diet that he thought was the perfect diet. Um, and it had just a lot of intermittent fasting and stuff like that. But he, he came over from Italy, I believe. And he said like the average man up to a certain point in history was like five, eight, um, maybe like 150 or 160 pounds in, in their country. And then when he came over to America, he got to be like six foot and like almost 200 pounds or something like that. And now the average man in America is three inches taller than it used to be and, you know, 30, hmm. 40 pounds. And it's not just people being overweight. That's just the, the average. Um, that's what their body type is. Interesting. And his argument was um, back to the hormone thing, but also um, how much they ingest dairy products. Because if you think about it, why is, why is a baby calf drinking mom's milk? It's because there's this span of growth that they, they really have to put on, take in a lot of calories and a lot of nutrients to grow a significant amount early. Um, so that's what the, that's what milk is really designed to do. Sure. Has a lot of growth factors in it to make, make you grow. So if there was some sort of, um, issue there, like if maybe baby was born premature, um, or if just on the actual small size, instead of the you know, when they measure the baby's head and measure baby length and they don't match up to the percentages. Um, those That's based off of American percentages, which most Americans are, are probably bigger than, than what we, we need to be. Um, that's kind of where that thought comes from is hmm, they have to have, they have to ingest dairy products to continue their growth um, because we, for some reason, want everybody to be so big. Yeah. Um, but even if that was the case, that's when they go from, if they've been nursing to uh, cow's milk, then they go straight to conventional conventional dairy. Yeah. You know, so there's a bunch of problems, a right. bunch of problems with that. And the, the biggest thing, it was something we haven't mentioned yet, is a negative effect of dairy is if you, there's just so many allergies that people are developing yeah. now. Yeah. Um, just because of our environment and because of you know, food intake and um, mom's gut being unhealthy that gets passed on. Uh, because we use so many antibiotics and anti-bacterial um, stuff, there's just not very much bacteria left to, to survive on baby and in baby. Um, so they grow up being susceptible to allergies. So then if you're going straight from breast milk to conventional dairy with all of those other problems that we've already mentioned, the chances, because it's inflammatory, the chances of you starting to have a, some sort of a dairy allergy increase. Interesting. Which is kind of the opposite of what a lot of people think. They yeah. think, hey, I need to start cow's milk when they're a baby because that's what's going to keep them from being allergic to it later on. And I understand that thought. You know, if you introduce something in small amounts, then the body should be able to adapt to it later better. Um, but if the gut of baby is already damaged because of, how they were born and, and maybe if mom wasn't as healthy as, as they can be and then just the environment that they're exposed to in general, they're just going to be more susceptible to those things happening. So if you're going to make that shift, I would avoid cow's milk. Mm -hmm. um, I would go more goat's milk um, as a transition there. But yeah, you don't absolutely need those. You don't need milk for the nutrients that your baby can get. Yeah. Hopefully you're going to liver anyway, <laughs> which is going to be... Good luck with that. I tried, <laughs> tried it. It doesn't work. <laughs> but let me just give you some of these things. So um, these are 
how much calcium is in some of these foods. So sesame seeds is the highest and just a, a fourth of a cup. You're going to get 300 over 350 milligrams of calcium sardines with bones. A lot of people's favorite, I'm sure. <laughs> also 350 um, milligrams of calcium. Uh, collard greens, 268 in a cup. Spinach, 245 in a cup. Um, turnip greens, a cup, 197. Um, back to fish, canned sockeye salmon with bones, 188 and 3 ounces. Blackstrap molasses, a tablespoon, mm. 180. Mustard greens, beet greens, bok choy, all of these greens. Swiss chard high in calcium, which is always weird for people like, what? Because they're so used to thinking all the way we get calcium is from milk. Yes. They're like, how do I eat something green and get calcium? <laughs> right. Like, well, cows actually eat something green oh. and then they get calcium. <laughs> makes and sense. then you think you eat the cow to get the calcium. Right. So, yeah, you can definitely get, you know, these, these nutrients from, from other foods. Yeah. So, because one other thought that I had is just a lot of times when you're recommending diets diet plans for people to go on to heal themselves one of the first things to take out is dairy yeah and so what should people be focusing on which you kind of have just answered like right. to replace the nutrients yep yeah um if, if you're taking out dairy i mean you're gonna get well the first suggestion would be when i give people those type of diets where they're cutting out grains and cutting out um, dairy products, that's like an autoimmune paleo type diet. Mm -hmm. The hope is that you only have to do it for a short amount of time. So eventually you'd be able to add some of these things back in. Um, but the key when I'm doing that with somebody is trying to eliminate things that are problematic for them while still trying to nourish their body. So the focus isn't, Hey, let's figure out how to get you the most nourished first. It's, we got to get this inflammation down. Right. Yeah. Because it doesn't even matter if we're getting a bunch of nutrition in you. If you're inflamed, it's you're, again, your body's not necessarily going to do well with it anyway. Okay. Um, so we are eliminating those things. But I always try to add back in organ meats if I can. I'm adding back in bone broth. I'm adding back in hot, increasing amounts of fish, um, just meat products in general. Um, and then, yeah, typically fatty fruits, green leafy vegetables, those type of things, all that just nutrient-dense foods to try to replace these things that they're Got eliminating. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah, so people don't need to be, like, ultra-concerned about calcium specifically. I don't know. If you're eating a well-rounded whole foods diet, like, yep. you're probably getting yep. what you need right. through that. Right, and then when I'm when I'm cutting out dairy, I'm usually I'm allowing to, them to have ghee mm, and sometimes yeah. even butter because so ghee is just clarified butter, so all the, it, all the protein from it is gone. And the protein is typically what people have issues with when it comes to um, immune reactions. So you're, you're going to get um, high levels of calcium. You're going to get high levels of uh, vitamin K and mm. those, which are, again, are two of the yeah. things they have together. So And it's delicious. And it's delicious. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Be sure to share this with anyone who might find it helpful. We hope that this was a blessing to you, and we'll talk to you next time.